Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Matt Wyrick from Federal Baseball on the line after the Nationals dropped the series finale in Philadelphia 6-5 on a walk-off single by Freddie Galvis in the 10th inning. We'll start with the bullpen, Matt. They took a 5-2 lead into the eighth. Matt Grace on the mound gives up back-to-back one-out singles, gets the second out, so they bring on Matt Albers to face Aaron Altair. Uh, pinch hitter coming on there, first pitch slider, just leaves it up in the air, absolutely crushed. Uh, rerun home run, ties the game up at that point. Uh, they go to ninth inning, the bases get loaded. Uh, somehow, uh, any Romero gets out of a bases loaded one-out jam, gets a ground out into a fourth at home, fly out into uh, center field for the last two outs of the, after he strikes out Andrew Knapp, I should mention. But Blake Trining comes on in the 10th inning, struggles. Uh, it's hard to say he struggled at this point. Uh, lead-off double on a check-swing grounder that got by third base. Uh, intentional walk to Aaron Altair after he tried to get him to swing in a few pitches and couldn't. Uh, bunt single. They have no play on it. Vince Velasquez gets one down. Andre Blanco strike out, strikes out swinging, but Freddie Galvez hits one to center. Uh, outside of the one bad pitch from uh, – uh, Albers, uh, just kind of bad luck going around there the rest of the way. But once again, they lose one in the bullpen and fail to sweep the Phillies. Yeah, unfortunately, Albers has kind of been the guy this season. He's the one that implodes here. He comes in there. Matt Grace just looked hittable all over the place. I mean, the fact that he was able to get through that first frame without allowing a run kind of surprised me. Then, again, puts two base runners on, but gets two outs. You know, he respectable outing, but at the same time, he just looked pretty hittable out there. They're definitely missing Solis, that's for sure, that surefire lefty. Um, but Albers with the homer, I mean, he actually did start off last season with 12 scoreless innings and then finished with around a 6 ERA. So this isn't something he's a stranger to, and so Nats fans should still be wary. Even though he's been hot uh, coming in, he hasn't exactly been the guy past April in his career. So Romero pulls something out of the – hat and just escapes that inning. I don't even know how. I was ready to just press submit on Nats lose in the ninth, but somehow got through it, but the Nats offense was able, unable to get anything going late in the game. The final 10 batters were set down by uh, relievers, so Trining comes in there. Yeah, he got unlucky, but at the same time, I mean, it's not like he really was had his best stuff out there. You could tell he wasn't having typical uh, swing and miss kind of things. He wasn't producing contact on the ground. So, you know, tough luck loss for them. And it must be frustrating for this offense that's just hitting so well and the pitching staff that consistently coming out there and giving you good innings, six, seven, almost every time. And then having bullpen bull leads like this. I mean, uh, this is a World Series caliber team. And for the bullpen to continue to come out here and just ruin them, I mean, it's definitely alarming as the season continues. Well, the injuries at this point, though, uh, Coda Glover, Sean Kelly, uh, Dusty Baker just made some comments in the post game about how Coda Glover is probably not coming right back, even though he's eligible to come off the DL uh, yesterday, I do believe. But Blake trying and struggles again. Uh, which, which camp are you in? Uh, there seems to be a split on our uh, Twitter feed that I see with people wanting to see trying to go down to AAA and work things out, or do you keep him up here just because you need an extra arm in the bullpen at this point? Yeah, I mean, you look at who you've got in the farm and who you call up. I mean, maybe Solis, uh, once he comes back, takes that spot. You wait to give him a few more options until then, keep an extra lefty. But at that point, you've either got converting Joe Ross into a reliever 
or maybe giving a look at Joe Nathan. I'm not sure what his numbers are at this point, but um, he's hitting mid to upper 90s consistently. So um, he's definitely worth a look with his repertoire. But at the same time, other than that, they've really already got everybody else on the major league roster that can be. So um, while Trinan's been just awful, at the same time, you don't really have any other options. Yeah, just taking a quick look, six and two-thirds at AAA for Joe Nathan, nine hits, six earned runs, three walks, six Ks. That's an 8-10 ERA so far, but I've seen the same reports mm. about his velocity kicking up a little bit there, so not too many options to go with. Uh, I was really impressed by what Eddie Romero did. Blake Trinan struggles again, though. Uh, speaking of struggling, Michael A. Taylor, 10 for 28 for a 357, 419, 500 line since taking over in center. So that's a small sample size, but he had been having some success. One for 11, seven Ks in Citizens Bank Park, though, going into today's game. Uh, just had another rough game out there, basically. I can't even read my own scribbling at this point because there's too much going on in this game. But Michael A. Taylor, 0 for 5, 2 Ks, 3 left on base today. Uh, while we're talking about sticking with people, uh, how long are you sticking with him? Dusty Baker said he's going to get some opportunities. We'll give him a little while to get his swing going and see what he can do there. But uh, you have Rafael Bautista up in the majors at this point who can play center, a strong defender. Uh, it's hard to miss the fact that they moved Andrew Stevenson uh, up to AAA after he got off to a good start at AA. If they're looking for options, they certainly have a few. They probably don't want to bring up any of the younger guys at this point. But uh, how long are you sticking with Michael A. Taylor, and what have you seen from him so far? The strikeout's just getting to be too much for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's eight Ks in the series. He's just even when he was hitting well right off the bat when Eaton got hurt, I mean, he wasn't really changing his approach. He was swinging these big, wide swings where he's just trying to pull the ball and get it out to the fence every time. I mean, that worked for Ian Desmond, but he had a much better approach than Michael A. Taylor ever has. And so, and it's not a batting eye either. So, moving forward, uh, you maybe you give him a couple more chances in the Orioles series. They have a few starters with some eight plus ERAs. So hopefully you can get going against some guys like that. But if you go through this Orioles series and he's still struggling, you got to think that Bautista is going to get a chance. I mean, he's up there and um, he's a prospect and he needs to keep getting at bats. So I think throwing Bautista out there, or even maybe giving Defoe a look, I mean, they did work him out in outfield throughout the spring training. So maybe giving him a shot, Bautista, one of those guys, upside and it would do well for both of them to give them some at-bats and see what they can do. Going back to the start of the game, Tanner Roark, seven innings pitched, four hits, two earned runs, and a 4-2 loss to the Phillies in D.C. in mid-April, 3-1, 404 ERA, 3-9, 6-5, and six starts, 35 and two-thirds innings pitched, uh, career-high 125 pitches last time out. Baker said he'd scale them back a little bit this time because they took them further than they wanted to last time. Uh, Three hit lists to start today, a single reach on error, Turner's first error of the season, Trey Turner at short, I should say. A two-run double by Freddie Galvis, two-to-one Phillies after four, goes 100, 100 pitches total after a 14-pitch, one, two, three, six. They go to the bullpen after that. Uh, maybe this is one of those starts they would have liked to keep him around if he hadn't thrown 125 beforehand with the way the bullpen's been going, but he got pretty much – everything he could out of Tanner Roark today if they didn't want to take him too high after the high pitch count last time out. Yeah, he got the two earned, unearned runs there, but other than that, it's a pretty nice start for him. Uh, had the three walks um, and was working deep into a couple counts early, but then had some quick and efficient innings 
Um, those first three innings where he didn't even allow a hit was um, vintage Roark, in my opinion, getting those ground ball outs. Um, but, yeah, it, this is one of those games where if you could have pushed him to seven or eight, you would have, um, knowing the state that the bullpen's in and how many reliable arms you got back there. But um, I liked what I saw out of him. I liked what I've seen out of the rotation in general over the past week. I mean, A.J. Cole comes out and gets that nice spot start. Uh, Scherzer, vintage Scherzer, and Strasburg's doing all right, too. So, I mean, you got, aside from that one Guthrie start, the rotation's actually been probably top two, top three in baseball so far. So, and it definitely hasn't been them um, propelling these early bosses. Everyone's favorite former GM, uh, Jim Bowden, was on MLB Network Radio this morning saying, uh, you just can't sit a guy who's this hot in reference to Brian Zimmerman, who's really been on a tear. Uh, Dusty Baker told reporters last night that he's probably going to give him a day off. They're still trying to manage him, keep him healthy, and get him through the season. But with Bryce Harper out of the lineup, uh, Jose Lobatone starts in front of Weeders today. The Nationals had already taken the first two of three, so it's probably a good time to get Zimmerman a rest and get Adam Lynn some at-bats at first. But are, are you on the Bowden train if you can't sit him when he's this hot and you just have to ride him until he slows down a little bit and then get him some rest or – you think Dusty Baker's doing the right thing, kind of mixing it up and getting everyone the ABs they need and the rest they need? No, I think he's, he's doing a pretty good job. I mean, he, especially last year with Worth is a perfect example of how he would consistently give him off days. I mean, Taylor was the guy they were thrown in there, so that wasn't exactly the best option. But at the same time, I mean, Zimmerman's only 32, but, I mean, he's on the wrong side of 30 and has battled so many injuries over the past three years. You kind of have to give him a few days off, especially early on. You don't want to tire him out and then have him run down in the end of the season and not be the same guy. So give him a day off here, even though he's hot, and keep him fresh going into the Baltimore series, which carries a bit more weight, both for the fans, I guess, for the Beltway series. And, I mean, Orioles are one of the best teams in the American League, so you'd rather have a not risk anything with Zimmerman and have him come fully healthy. And the same goes for Harper, who Baker said that could have gone today but didn't want a chance with the wet field. So, uh, I like the call there to hold him off. I mean, this is the rubber uh, game three of a three-game series in which you took the first two games. So it's the Phillies, not a huge deal, the loss. Moving forward, you're still a good team. You're still in good shape besides the bullpen. So um, looking forward to seeing Harper and Zimmerman there tomorrow against Baltimore. And just seeing the tweets coming out of the post game, it does. He did. Dusty Baker did say that he thinks Harper will be back in there tomorrow. Uh, you mentioned the Orioles, the Beltway Series, whatever they want to call it. Uh, Nationals 24 and 36 since 2005 against the Orioles. 34 games decided by three runs or less. 20, 24 of 61 run games. Uh, do, do you think of this as a rivalry? I know it's uh, promoted as such. Uh, they're regional rivals, but it doesn't feel like there's uh, maybe outside of Papelbon hitting a, hitting a <laughs> Manny Machado a few years back. Not a lot of bad blood between the teams. They don't play that often, so it really hasn't had a chance to build up. But outside of the regional aspect of it, is it a big rivalry in your mind? No, not really. I mean, the only the big thing about it is really the rivalry between the management or the ownership uh, between the mass and yeah. dispute and everything that's gone on there. I mean, yeah, they promote it. I mean, they share the network, and um, obviously the network's going to promote uh a series that has both teams playing in it that they cover, but um, at least they're not doing the thing anymore where they do the split booths and they have both guys, both teams going because that was just awful. And I did not, not like the two teams merging. Home and home with the Orioles coming up two in Camden yards, two in national park. Uh, 
we managed to get through uh, 12 minutes of the show here without talking about Jason Worth, who's huge day in uh, Citizens Bank Park, kind of, kind of got lost in the shuffle. Uh, four for nine through two games before today, 52 for 183 for a 283 average, a 284 average, I'm sorry, 13 home runs as a visitor in a Citizens Bank since 2011 when he signed with the Nationals. Ends up going, he was four for four in his first four at bats, two home runs and a double. Uh, ends up four for five on the day, three RBIs, three runs scored, uh, just two huge home runs for Worth, who apparently still likes hitting in his former park there. A big day at the plate for him, average up to 292 on the year, and uh, he's going to turn 38 in a few days here, but it doesn't look like he's quite done, and uh, I don't know if he's going to be back with the Nationals, but he, he's showing some other teams right now that he can still play beyond this year. Yeah, I wouldn't expect him to keep up a 290 pace, but I mean, he's no. a productive hitter. I mean, he's, he was a good hitter going into the year that they signed into the long-term deal. I mean, it got universally panned by everyone as overpayment. But at the same time, between what Worth's done for this franchise and pretty at least league average hitting that he's had over the past year and before that, he was above league average hitter. Um, I wouldn't even call that a bad signing. I've, I mean, yeah, his time's coming to the end. He's probably not going to be re-signed next year. But you, you got to thank Worth for what he's done for this team and for this offense. So while I don't like him hitting in that two spot, even though he is hitting 292, and I'd rather see Rendon up there. Um, he, he, he's good. Uh, he works counts and um, is a tough out regardless of whether he's going well or he's uh, hitting 220. But, um, yeah, I would like to see Rendon up there even with worse good day. But kudos to him. He's always hit well against his former team. Seems like a trend with the Nats and between him and Murphy. Um and Scherzer, for that matter, going against his former teams. So um, good to see him in there, four for five, triple away from the cycle, almost a uh, match turner on that, but a uh, great day from him. Final in Citizens Bank Park. They get walked off on in the 10th uh, inning. Tomorrow, as you mentioned, 21-10 and 10 Nationals against the 20-10 and 10 Orioles. Uh, Nationals first in the NL East. The Orioles tied for first after today in the AL East. Four-game set, two in Orioles Park. Oriole Park, I should say, two in Nationals Park coming up. Matt's Nightly, sponsored by federalbaseball.com. Matt, thanks for joining me again. I'll talk to you after tomorrow night's game. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. Well, Cassidy, go Nats.